Hey, it's Luke at HIP, and if you've been listening to the Grow Ortho podcast maybe for weeks, months, or in some cases years, you know that we typically interview an industry expert, whether it be someone working in the office or a consultant uh, or just a strategic partner for orthodontist. Well, we're going to change things up just a bit. And this year we've actually released four books. And so we're going to release every audiobook, basically a chapter for each episode. Listen, enjoy, and let us know what you find valuable and implement and what works well in your office. Thanks so much for supporting HIP. And we hope you enjoy all these episodes on the Practice Growth Series. Chapter 7. Scaling Your Practice with Satellite Locations We're almost at the final stretch, and so far, you're equipped to take these tools and make some magic. If you think about it, it's been a long journey together. Over the last three books, you've learned how to create the front desk of your dreams, cultivate the ultimate treatment coordinator, and recently, scale your practice by perfecting your operations. Many chapters, processes, procedures, cases, and words of wisdom later, you now know how to create a scalable practice successfully. Whether your goal is to grow into a medium or large-sized practice, you can now start by feeling confident that you have the proper tools and resources to guide you through it. To do this right the first time around, you have to ensure that you have a vision for your practice, an integrator to implement that vision, the right org chart that has the right people in the right seats, a strong brand and culture, an exceptional hiring and onboarding process, top-notch systems to measure and report your growth. It would be best if you executed each of those things to its full potential and capacity to see exponential growth. And the most important part? Consistency, because true growth only occurs when true consistency is maintained. Once you've successfully mastered all these things in your practice, you can now think about replicating the process in another location and opening up a satellite. But before you run to secure a lease on a building, let's first go over what you should consider before you open up a satellite practice. The Satellite Practice Case Study Case 1. Dr. Johnson Two years ago, Dr. Johnson took over a small practice in his hometown in Denver, Colorado. Being the only orthodontist in town, it was quite an easy transition as his new office was close to a middle school, so the demand for new patients was constant. Dr. Johnson kept all the previous staff on his team, including the moody front desk coordinator, Alice, even though she always rolled her eyes when the phone rang and called in sick at least once per week. Not only that, but she continuously missed calls and often did not return prospective patients' calls. But still, Dr. Johnson felt bad as she had been there five years with the previous doctor, so he kept her on. After all, the business was doing fine. His treatment coordinator, Mona, saw about four to five prospective patients per day and usually ran her exams for an hour. She wanted to take on more patients, but she also worked as Dr. Johnson's clinical assistant during her shifts, which made it difficult to book new patients for consultations. He manually inputted all operational matters on a spreadsheet that needed to be updated frequently. This continued for about 10 months until Dr. Johnson noticed that his production numbers had stagnated and the practice was no longer growing and had reached a plateau. The only marketing he ever did was pay for an ad in the local newspaper, 
but he had an idea. He believed that if he opened up a second practice, he'd make more money. Six months later, he decided to open a satellite a few towns over, as there, again, was no competition and the lease was cheap. He had his staff work part-time at the primary practice and part-time at his satellite. He even redesigned his ad to include both of his locations. But a few months in, Dr. Johnson began to regret his decision. Not only was he getting complaints about poor customer service in both locations, but he also noticed that his treatment coordinator was only getting about one to two patients per day for consultations. He also started to regret his design decisions, as his satellite looked very different from his original location. Most people didn't even realize the same person owned them. Eight months later, Dr. Johnson closed his satellite, fired his front desk coordinator, and decided to focus on building his primary practice up again. He knew he had done things wrong and needed to make a change. Case 2. Dr. Smith Four years ago, Dr. Smith began his mission to turn his small boutique office into a large, scalable practice within 10 years. He envisioned opening eight practices in and outside the city of Sacramento, California, and wanted to bring in eight figures in production annually. To do this successfully, Dr. Smith knew he needed to put all his thoughts on paper, so he used the operating system to help get him started. He wanted to do things the right way the first time, so he included his team in his vision from the get-go and had them buy into it. He implemented a few things, such as an automated CRM system for lead generation, external and digital marketing to increase his exposure, and the proper process for hiring and onboarding to attract the right talent. He even hired more people than necessary to ensure he had all hands on deck to take on more new patients and keep the practice in ship shape. He always incentivized the hard work of his team with gift cards, bonuses, and contests. After two years, Dr. Smith went from doing $500,000 to $3 million in production. As he encountered new growth, he continued to hire and update his processes to ensure everyone remained on the same page. He also realized that he was no longer able to do it on his own, so he hired a COO, Kevin, to run the day-to-day -day while he focused on patient care. Dr. Smith was happy with the way his practice was running. However, after realizing that his staff were working to their full capacity and were unable to fit new patients into their schedule, he decided it was time to open a second location. The satellite was 20 minutes away from the practice, but Dr. Smith made sure it was in a location nearby dozens of subdivisions, multiple schools, and a busy commercial area. He hired a new group of people who were trained by the original team to ensure they followed the same processes and procedures and brought on another doctor, Dr. Min, to help out with patient care. Dr. Smith was consistent throughout his growth, and he now has four satellites in booming locations and 40 happy employees. He's six years from his 10-year goal, with four practices to go and a large potential of money to be made. Case Analysis Dr. Johnson could look at his experience in hindsight and acknowledge the reasons why the success of his practice began to dwindle and what ultimately led to the closure of his first satellite. He'd probably come to understand that. His customer service was terrible. He kept an onboard terrorist on staff. His treatment coordinator's exams were too long. His staff was not following the right processes and procedures. He didn't have a CRM system, i.e., Practice speaking, he should not have had Mona do both the treatment coordinator role and the clinical assistant role. 
he opened up a new satellite without addressing the issues in his primary practice. He opened up a new satellite in the wrong location. He didn't spend money on marketing. He ran the business and provided patient care. Whereas Dr. Smith could acknowledge that the success of his practices comes from various things like he had buy-in from his team. He had a vision. He documented a 10-year plan. He automated his systems. He increased his internal and external marketing. He hired the right people to fill the right seats. He staffed more than he needed. He incentivized his staff. He updated his processes every time a change occurred. He hired a COO so he could focus on being an orthodontist. He opened his first satellite when he perfected his model and was at full capacity. He opened the satellite in the right location. He kept training consistently. He kept his brand and culture consistent. He brought another doctor on board to help with patient care. Effectively maintaining the satellite. So, if you learned anything from Dr. Johnson and Dr. Smith's cases, you'll realize the four main things you'll need to effectively maintain a satellite. A model that works. A schedule at full capacity. The proper location. And the ability to predict future hotspots. The Bulletproof Model Having a model that's been tried and tested is crucial to the success and growth of your practice. Everything has to be perfected before you decide to replicate it, or you'll be dealing with the same issues in both practices. That means you must have the right people to fill the right seats, effective training and coaching methods, a strong leadership team, a positive brand and culture, efficient systems. When each of these things is effective and reliable, you'll have the confidence to repeat the same process in your satellite. This is who you are. This is how you'll continue to be known. The Maximized Schedule Before you even think about opening up a satellite, your first thought should always be about how you can maximize your current location and schedule. You've put your heart and soul into opening up your practice, so why not allow your primary practice to reach its full potential before branching out? You'll want to consider how many prospective patients you could bring on before you reach full capacity. If you're comfortable with the size of your practice, you probably have that capped at a number that you don't plan on surpassing at the location you're currently at. That's the number of spots your front desk coordinator can schedule without being overbooked. That's the number your treatment coordinators can fit into one day while ensuring each exam is 30 minutes or less and they take their necessary breaks. If you've hit that number, then consider opening up a second location for new patients to visit. Location, location, location. If you've watched any real estate shows on HGTV, you've probably heard every agent in every episode say the cliche phrase, location, location, location. It's not just important to consider when buying a house. Opening a practice in the right location is also paramount to its success. This ultimately looks different for everybody, but you shouldn't expect dramatic growth if you're opening up a practice in a remote area with a small population away from neighborhoods and schools. Obviously, but always important to point out blatantly. Instead, look for locations that are in or near other commercial spaces, close to schools, and in neighborhoods with young families, especially those lacking orthodontic services. Hotspot Predictions 
pay attention to up-and-coming areas in your community to determine where and when to open up your satellite practice. New developments are constantly arising as their population grows, and you can usually tell which towns are at the beginning of their boom. Keep those places in mind, and keep track of their progress. If you start to notice new housing developments, schools, churches, and commercial spaces being sold, you'll want to keep a space in that area on your radar. I remember one call I made to Dr. Fishbein about opening up a satellite in this community outside of Pensacola when they were in their early stages of development. Dr. Fishbein noticed they were near completion in two of the schools they were building, so he called me to discuss my suggestion more. Hey, I'm driving around the area that you mentioned. Where should I open an office? He asked. You need to open it very close to Nine Mile Road and Pine Forest Road, somewhere within a mile or two of that area, I advised him. He ended up opening this satellite a mile down the street, right on Nine Mile Road, in a brand new complex, right next to the dental clinic of one of his friends, who opened it simultaneously. As a result, they now have a referral network, and the cantonment location ended up being Dr. Fishbein's fastest-growing satellite. Now, providing clients with advice on where to open their practice isn't one of the services I offer. It happened after developing a friendship with Dr. Fishbein, and it helped that we live in the same town. However, some people specialize in startups. They can analyze the markets and provide insights on the best locations to open up your new business. You should research that. But in the meantime, you could check out Choosing the Right Practice Location by Jamie Amos at hip.agency forward slash the scalable practice on how to choose the right practice location. It's written for dental practices, but the same rules apply. Best Practices to Consider Now that you know how to do things the right way, we can get started on what this process looks like. The first thing to determine is how much you need to be producing in a duration of time to even open a satellite. Dr. Fishbein got it down to a formula where he could open a new satellite by producing $2 million in 24 months. So it's important to understand your budget and work with your accountant to help you understand your timeline without going into massive debt. Once that's all taken care of and your ideal location has been found, you can dive right into setting up your satellite. If you want to stay true to your brand and culture, you should just be doing exactly what you did the first time around. That means replicating your design, staffing the right people, and using the same operating system. There are a few tips you may want to consider when you open your first satellite. This advice will help you do things right the first time so you can save yourself trouble in the future. 1. Open each location part-time to start and get your team to travel between them. Most orthodontists who open their first satellite will get their team to split their time between both locations on a part-time basis. They'll be able to get the satellite up and running, so the transition pains are a little less stressful, as the team is already fully trained and well-versed in the operating systems and processes you have in place. They may spend time there once or twice a week, while the rest of their time is spent at the primary practice. As things settle and the satellite begins to scale, you can eventually hire a new team that solely works in the satellite. I know many orthodontists who currently do this, as their satellites are within the same community. But as you continue to grow and open up more satellites, getting your team to travel between them doesn't end up working so well. You have to go into it as a temporary practice, and your goal should always be to maximize each location with a designated team and a full schedule of patients. 2. Plan to hire an associate doctor, either on a salary or per diem basis. 
If you desire to grow your practice so you can have more hands on deck to spend more personal time doing the things you love, you may not want to travel between both locations and work so much. If that's the case, it might be wise to hire another doctor to help take on the new set of patients this new location will provide. This could be a salary position where they're working a set amount of days per week. Or it could also be on a per diem basis if you're not fully sold on the idea of getting a new doctor on salary right away. I know a few orthodontists who have taken this route to help with their multiple locations. These doctors aren't on staff, but they have contracts to fill in one or two days per week. This will allow you to test things out first without paying a big salary. You just pay them on the days they come in. 3. Don't open satellites you don't plan on using. I've met a few orthodontists who open satellites they don't use. There's absolutely no sense in opening nine different locations but only using four of them to capacity. I even know a few orthodontists who have locations they use maybe once or twice per month. In these cases, you end up developing a list of regular patients in each of those locations. And before you know it, six months roll by, and you start to realize that you can't fit in any more new patients because your schedule is full. This, in my opinion, is a waste of time, money, and resources. If you don't hire more staff and open more days throughout the week or month, those satellites will always be at a standstill. So the rule of thumb here is if you can't maximize the location and grow into it, then you don't need to open it. If you can't open a location and immediately be there at least one day per week, it's best to let that location go. It's best practice to start at one day and add more from there, depending on how much you and your team can handle. 4. Try to maximize your satellites within two years. Your goal should be to have each satellite working at full capacity and two years should be an ample amount of time to get you there. That means following the advice I provided in points one, two, and three, so you can make that goal a reality. Just like you shouldn't open a satellite if your primary practice isn't fully maximized, the same goes for your satellites. Every location has to be top-notch before you even consider moving further. So work with your COO, your leadership team, and your accountants. Make sure everyone involved has full confidence in moving forward. If they don't, and there are still a few gaps that need to be filled, take your time to do that efficiently to ensure you're taking the proper action to eventually meet your goals. When I spoke to Dr. Despot about the growth of his practice, I wanted to know what his thought process was when he was getting his first satellite up and running. Dr. Despot, like many others, knew how important it was to maximize his first location before he even thought about the venture. Dr. Despot, how did you decide it was the right time to open a second location? I felt like we were at full capacity at our first location. Things were starting to plateau. The previous year, we had grown 58%, and we knew we couldn't reach anywhere close to that number in the future. We could see some trends showing us that future growth would not happen. So we just decided that it was the right time to do it, and we had the right amount of cash to make it happen seamlessly. How did you decide on where that second location would be? I'm in Texas, and the market is growing quickly here. There are some cities over here that are just exploding, so we looked at the second fastest growing city in Texas, which is Leander. We said, that's where we want to be, and we must get there before somebody else. It was just a really attractive spot. Part of our demographics in finding a spot is that we want to be across the street from a middle school because that's our patient base. Our target market is the moms of middle schoolers, but our patient base is middle schoolers, making it convenient for their moms. 
We got ourselves a spot right across the street from a middle school with well over 1,000 kids in it. Every year there are new kids, new kids, new kids, which means new patients, new patients, new patients. You sound like you have the right operating systems in place for that to happen. Would you say you and your team have perfected them? Yes, but our operating systems are always changing and that we always want to improve and get better. We're always looking for ways to stay on top and tweak as needed. You have to. The world is changing so quickly. Look at what happens to poor Blockbuster because they didn't make any changes. We have a lot of really cool systems in place, but at the top corner of each page of our system, it has the date when it was last updated, and we're frequently updating them. We're trying new things to see how each of them works for a little while and figure out a way to measure it, so we know if it's a successful change or not. We can always revert if it doesn't work. We have to ensure they're being updated in each location to keep things consistent, so the communication has to be there for everyone to understand where we're currently at. What advice would you give to people looking to open a second location? Consistency is key. You know, there's a reason that folks get a burger at McDonald's. It's because they know what they'll get every single time. That's what we want. We want to have the same thing every single time in both of our locations. We want patients to have the same positive experience. We want them to feel the same way when they leave each one of our locations. We want them to feel like they're leaving in a better mood than they came in. You have to have systems in place for that and duplicate that in every location that you own and ensure your team is always executing everything you set out consistently. Do you feel ready to move forward? If you're feeling confident about moving forward in this growth process and are excited about scaling your practice, then I'm happy to say you're in the right frame of mind to get this ball rolling. We're now at the point in our growth series where we can put it all together and give you an overview of what your mindset has to be to get you to successfully get through these next steps. In the next and final chapter, we'll reevaluate your why and reveal the best practices you should consider to ensure you're in the right mindset to get you to your desired goals.